0: Hello and welcome to Crosstalk with your hosts Martha Lee and Anna May, a podcast dedicated to encouraging and pointing people to Christ to provoke you to find your calling in the Lord. Brought to you by Cornerstone Ministries New Life Church. So join us on a journey to reaching the world for Christ. Starting in our own backyard, so sit back. We hope you enjoy the podcast, and we pray it encourages and blesses
1: you. Well, we want to welcome Billy McKenzie to our podcast on miracles, healings, and deliverance. And uh, how you doing, Billy?
0: Doing good. Uh, How are you doing this evening?
1: We're doing good. So uh, you've witnessed many healings and miracles through the years, and you've told me a lot of different stories and. I've heard you when you've been ministering, and it's been a really big part of your ministry. And I know it's hard to explain. I'm kind of asking you a hard question here. But uh, can you tell us when, like, you're praying for people for a healing or or when you're in the midst of one happening, is there an atmosphere of faith, or do you feel off the people's desperation or just a need or brokenness in that person on their behalf, or is it just unexplainable? What's your take on that, Billy?
0: But I, no, it isn't unexplainable. A lot of times when I start to pray for somebody, I'll get an irresistible uh, uh, feeling that I have to speak what I believe God's telling me at that time. In other words, if just for me to go up and pray, I've prayed for people before that will come to the altar and say, what do you need? And they'll tell you. And I've prayed for them and believe by faith. And I know it's it's only the Holy Spirit anyways. We can't do nothing. Amen. But there's times when i i just feel like an overwhelmed sense of the holy spirit and at that time it's like a a, a, a surge of faith will come and i believe you're going to be healed and then a lot of times they are or you know so it's again it's nothing nothing that i i can't explain in other way it isn't something i can say well tonight i'm going to pray for people and they're gonna get healed. Right. You know, I, I know a lot of people say tonight's a healing service and people's gonna get healed. I don't know that they're gonna get healed because <laughs> it's the Holy that's, Spirit yeah. that's gonna to have to do it.
1: Well that explains it. It's unexplainable and it's a move of God and it isn't something that you have a format for basically. It just happens no. when the Lord wills it. So my second question to you is uh can you share some of the examples of what you've seen or been a part of. Uh,
0: yeah, blessing. I I would, the first time I ever experienced anything in the way of uh, of a healing or of a, a moving of the Holy Spirit in somebody's life, uh, I wasn't even preaching full time. Uh, and I was with my pastor, a countryman in a church I went to for many years, and he had asked me to go off Uh, overnight with him to a uh, a couple of hundred miles to a church. He was going to minister. And so I went with him and he had a Saturday night and Sunday morning service. He was coming home after service and he he ministered to two services and I was just there as a companion. And so he had a, a prayer line formed at Sunday morning, and people were coming down, and he was praying for him, and I was standing beside him, and I was more or less just kind of agreeing. I wasn't saying anything. I just lay my hands on them when he lays hands on them. He would pray. I didn't say anything. And as we was praying and going through line, a young girl come up. I don't know. She could have been maybe 20 years old or so. And he started praying on her, and I started pray- I had my hand on her, and, and I was praying. And all of a sudden, I said, uh I said, you have said in your heart, give me a son like Hannah had Samuel. And I will dedicate him to you all the days of my life. But I was saying to you, shall not have a son, but you shall have a daughter. And she shall be like Ruth. And I, I ended that. And I thought, where did that come from? You know, Very how uh, you know, it was a lot. I wasn't praying for anybody. And all of a sudden, all that came. So I didn't say no more. He just looked at me and he went on praying for the rest of the people. So we got in the car and we was heading home. And he said to me, I can't believe you did that. You know, I said, oh, well, I said, well, you know, I believe God told me. But he said, well, you don't I know that family and you don't know those people. You've never been here before. And he said, I know her family. And that girl has a medical condition that she will never be able to have children. And she's not married yet, she's getting married. And he said, You not only told her she was gonna have a child, but you told her what sex the child was gonna be. I was gonna be a girl. Praise God. I said, Well, I believe God told me to do it and that's why I did it. Amen. So Amen. we went home and there was no more said about it. So about a year went by And the pastor of that church came to our church and he was preaching. And somewhere in his preaching, he said, uh, last time when pastor Davis was in our church preaching, there was a a younger fellow with him. I was young at that time. It was about 40 years ago. They were close, right, right around there somewhere. And he said, he said, he, meanwhile, this girl had got married and he said, he prophesied over a girl in our church that she was going to have a child, a girl. And she got married and she got, she did get expecting, but the doctor said, you can't carry this child. You're not going to, it's not going to live. And what we have to do is have an abortion on the child. And she said, and she said to the doctor, a man prayed over me. Amen. It told me that I was going to have a girl and she said, I am not, I, I believe the word of the Lord. Amen. And he Amen. said she had a perfectly healthy daughter and she called it Ruth. Of course the, I had a situation with my sister-in-law, my brother-in-law Tom wife had surgery, open heart surgery and she had a wound. Uh, I, I don't know. I've, I'm not sure I didn't see it, but she had a wound by her stomach somewhere, and it wouldn't heal. It wouldn't heal over. It wouldn't scab over. It kept. It's, you know, uh, I don't want to what the word would be for, her, but it would leak out. Yeah. And he had already told me. He said, "Karen's got this problem." And again, it was a Wednesday night, and she came down, and I said, "Well, we're going to pray for it and believe God's going to heal you," and we just prayed for you know and tom was definitely not a christian at the time you know nothing to do with god nothing to do with church we was all a bunch of bams and she went home and the next morning tom called me on the phone and he said billy i don't know what happened but he said karen went to church last night and when she got home the her wound was all scabbed over how that happened i don't know but Praise that God. was from the church to the house, yeah, you know. Amen. And so she healed. She healed right up, you know. Praise it God.
1: was like an instant healing. It, Praise yeah.
0: God! It, Praise yeah. God. It, yes, it was an instant healing, and of course, there's there's a lot of others. But the one thing that blessed me the one time because I I didn't pray for nobody, and and that's a beautiful thing. It's just it's strictly the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. you know.
1: Well, that goes in. Bill told and, the testimony about the blind man last night. And uh, yes, that's coming up on our podcast with this. And he said the man was praising God. No one prayed on him, and the Holy Spirit just healed him.
0: That's exactly well. That's what happened here. I was in a church in Macon, Georgia. That I got asked by the story. Really, it's a beautiful story how it played out. I, I can't do it justice because I don't want to take all the time. But it, it it was orchestrated all along by God. Amen. Amen. And uh, it always is, but I mean, this was actually unbelievable, orchestrated by God. And the wind up is, I, I got into a church, that, uh, a big Methodist church, and the pastor, I asked me if I was a preacher, not dressed like I had work clothes on, no Bible. He said, "Yeah, I am a preacher. Would you come preach? You know, God." He actually didn't say, "Would you come?" He said, "God." i've been watching you god told me to have you preach wednesday night downtown and he had five churches in our other church so i told him i would and i went down and i was preaching it was a methodist church i was preaching on the power of the holy spirit and uh while i was preaching uh, i had an altar call as soon as i got done and four or five young men come down to the front it was a rough church very rough and they said, we listen to you, and we want to get saved. And I said, well, let's pray and believe God that, you know, and lead, you know, repent, ask God to forgive your sins. And as I was praying for him, I, I, I corner my eye, I seen a, a young girl, 19, 20-year-old, uh, trying to step out real quick out of the pew into the aisle, and instead of walking to the front, she ran to the front. Amen. And as she was running to the front of the church, she had her hands both lifted and when she got up to where the the, the uh, platform was she started spinning around screaming in a circle crying she was crying but she was screaming and laughing and spinning and i thought wow this is pretty unusual for a methodist church Amen. so i figured the pastor that was there the head pastor was sitting there, and the pastor of that church was sitting there. And I said, this man's going to tell her to sit down. And just as I thought that, he jumped up to his feet and took his finger and pointed at the girl. And he said, that girl can't walk. She's a cripple. My goodness. She didn't walk in here. She's come in a wheelchair. Hallelujah. And the power of God had hit her. And that's why she was crying and screaming and running and spinning like a top. Oh, it was, or, you know, it kind of reminded me of Acts chapter three where the lame man leaped and jumped oh, and, you know, and that's what she was doing. And it, it had nothing to do. It was just the power of the Holy Spirit fell on Amen. the church and healed her. And, you know, and that was quite a experience, quite an experience, you know.
1: Amen. Praise, praise God. God. Praise Is there anything else, Billy, uh, that you'd like to anything else you'd like to share about that? Any more healings, or
0: yeah, I mean, I'm got a lot more healings. Of course, it was the one. You know, it's always been a time I always noticed in my ministry. A lot of times, it's been an unexpected meeting with somebody. That's why when I wrote the book Crossroads, it was because it, it's our crossroads of life where we meet people at a crossroad. We're not. It wasn't something we planned. And a lot of these things was they weren't something my plan it wasn't a plan going to this church or going to that or doing something it was just god leading you know and i remember years ago in london uh, i i stopped off i was had to go uh, some business in amsterdam holland over some church business about romania and i had told peg i said if you want to go with me she had never been to london i had at that time i had been to london maybe 12 or 14 times so i said if you want to go with me, you've never seen London. It's a beautiful town. I said, I'll stop off on the way back from her, from her, uh, Amsterdam and show you London for a few. Oh yeah, I'd love it. So she went with me. And when we stopped off, uh, Freddie Sherry, the one of the pastors there, a good friend of mine and his wife, uh, took us around for two or three days all through London, seen every sightseeing. We had a wonderful time. So then last night we were there, we we're going to leave the next morning, and come home. We went out to eat supper. And we was in a restaurant with Freddie Skerritt, and it was about 6 o'clock at night. And so when we got done eating, I was waiting for him to take me back to the hotel. So he said to me, oh, by the way, he said, you're preaching in a half hour. I said, what do you mean? He said, you're, I, he said, we have a meeting. He said, we just started a new church in, in London. And he said, there's 200 travelers waiting for you. I told him you was coming. Well, I said, I'll go, man. I, didn't, I ain't got no Bible. I had the no Bibles in the room. I said, all right. I said, well, I'll just borrow a Bible when I get there. So we left, and we went over to the meeting, and I got a Bible off somebody in the meeting, and I preached. And when I got done, I had an altar call. And a uh, young, young girl and an older woman come together, holding hands down the aisle to me. And when they got there, they... The older woman kind of released her hand, and I said to the young girl, what is it you want God to do for you? And then she showed me her right hand, and it was deformed. It was crippled up. She said, my hand hurts a lot, but she said it lounges me. She was a pretty young traveling girl. And she said it lounges me, and, it, and it's sore. I said, well, sweetheart, I said, you know, I said, I can't I can't do a thing for you. But I said, in the book of Mark, chapter 2, I said, Jesus was preaching in the temple, and a man was in the temple with him, and he had a withered hand. And I said, Jesus just said, stretch forth your hand, be made whole. And I said, I can't do nothing, but Jesus can. And I said, stretch forth your hand, and she opened it up perfect. Unbelievable. And it was amazing. And so later that year, and the summer, that was in the winter, the following summer, Davy Jones called me and Ham and said, I want you to come over. Would you come and preach? We're having a big tent revival. Would you guys preach the main services at night? So we said, yeah, we'd be glad to. So we went over and we were preaching at night on the uh, the big meeting. Uh, uh, during the day, they had two or three other meetings going on. Uh, it was my turn to preach again one night. And I was making my way to the tent, but there was, it was 8,000 people. So it was a a huge crowd and I was trying to get through all the people, all kinds of travel trailers. And I was trying to get through to the tent and I heard a woman call my name and I stopped and she said, Billy, Billy. And I stopped and I looked and she said, you probably don't remember me. I said, I'm, I apologize. I said, I no, I don't remember you. Well, she said last winter, you was in slough in London and you, a young girl come down. Can you pray for her? Her hand was formed. I said, yes. She said, I'm the woman that had come down with her. And she's here tonight with her husband, and she wants to see you. But she said, I'll take you to her because I couldn't have found her. You know, 8,000 people in a meeting. There's no way. I wouldn't have known her anyways. It would have made no difference. So she took me and Ham at that time and just come up behind me. So me and Ham and the lady went down to where the platform was, and she showed me the young girl. And she said, I just wanted to show you my hand to tell you it's still perfect. Amen. And so Ham took a Amen. picture of her hand and her testimony, and we put it in one of our news bullets when we got home, you know. But, uh, you know, miracles like that was unexpected. I wasn't expecting to preach. I had no idea I was preaching. And uh, it's just the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, God's, God's very gracious and very, well, you know, wonderful.
1: Well, the Lord had a plan for that night, you know?
0: Amen. Yeah, God had it. He had it all planned. And, you know, it, it's the same thing with the, maybe the last one I'll share you, and you already know the testimonies of it. But I was preaching I, I, on a Sunday morning in our church. Probably I, I think Ham was gone somewhere, and he asked me to preach Sunday morning instead of Sunday night, and I was preaching Sunday morning. And I, I don't – this isn't a rule I never – very so much, I really have a strong sense that, that God's telling me to do it. I won't do it, is to call somebody out of a seat and, and bring them up front. Right.
1: Right. You know, I
0: don't, I don't do that. But I was preaching. I was down on the off platform on the floor Sunday morning. I'm preaching. All of a sudden, God said, stop preaching. And I stopped. And he said, call uh, uh, Benny, uh, Benny Branton and, and Epi, uh, Janie and Benny's girl have been married quite a few years and they couldn't have any children and they had been going to a doctor in jersey and finally the doctor sent her a letter and said you're not going to get expecting a child i actually have the letter a copy of the letter uh you you can't won't get expect you can't get expecting a child just be content and you know that sort I guess, adopt or whatever. He didn't right. say adopt in the letter. but
1: Whatever, right.
0: And so she was, she had another one that would come down all the time. But anyways, God said, call them up. Uh, he didn't say anything. He just said, call them up. So I said, well, I'll call them up. I don't know why. So I said, Benny and Epi, I said, would you, there was the very back of the church. It made quite a scene. I said, would you come up front for a minute? And so they came all the way up front. And then I looked at Epi. And I said, I know you want a child, and I know that you've been told you can't have a child. But I'm telling you that by next August, you're going to have a son. And in September, we're going to date him in our church. Wow. Man, and, and the follow on, following August, you had our Benny or Henry, rather, following August, you had her Henry, and then in September, I dedicated him on our church.
1: Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Boy, that, that was bold. So
0: the, <laughs> well, it, it, but I mean, it was just irresistible. I could not do it. You know, right. it was one of the overwhelming, you have to do it. Yes. Because I don't do that and, you know, on a normal basis. What I like but, about
1: your uh, testimony is you really put yourself in a box that if— <laughs> Yeah, they were pretty specific. I don't want to. (laughs) They were pretty specific. It wasn't somebody in this place has a headache kind of thing. It was a little different, yeah. It was pretty supernatural, (laughs) backed up with credible certificates and eyewitness appearance. It gets no better than that. And I love what you said, Billy. It's the Lord.
0: You know, you never take credit
1: for that. You're very humble in that. Well, none of us
0: can take credit for that at all. No. It's only God. How would I? How can I predict a woman who can't have a child is going to have a son and what month she's going to have it? in yeah, that, that was incredible. That was very you know detailed, it's, it's yes. no possibly way of doing that. But uh, God, it, you know, I just it, I find that unless you step out, it's nervous racking to do it. But if you don't step out, I guess you're never going right. to do it for the Lord. You know. Right. And it, I get every, a lot of people nervous. I'm very nervous about it. Yeah, Amen. But people, I can see where somebody's nervous to step out and say, well, people say I'm a false prophet. Well, the Bible says we know in part and we prophesy in part, right. which right. means we don't know it all when we're prophesying anyways.
1: That's
0: you're it. doing it in part, you know. So we're, we're just doing it as long as you're doing it, I believe, under the Lord not to get a big head. Amen. Right or to be Amen. called a prophet. I don't know any of us as being prophets. Right. I'll be honest with you. I, I don't. I mean, if titles. there's a prophet, I I don't know them. Yes. You know, a lot of people self-prophets. And that's a prophecy. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. people last give a prophecy, but it doesn't make you a prophet. You know, a donkey, donkey spoke and it didn't make him a prophet. That's, that's good. That's
1: it. That's the good. last time you was in Phoenix, when I closed my hand, I couldn't open it. And
0: you prayed about a hand that you got healed. Yeah. And I kept yeah. waving to you all through the service. You did. did you, you did. And that was and my that hand was an unusual and... that was an unusual thing, Billy. Yes, it was. Because there was three episodes. You was the second one. Yeah. You oh, was that's... the second one. Yeah. And on the airplane going home I was witnessing to a man in the back, one of the weights on you. Amen. And I said, Would you like prayer? He said, Well, yeah. I said, What would you like prayer for? He said, my hand. And I started laughing because he was the third person with the hand, with you know.
1: hands, yes. So we got Uncle Bill as a witness too. Yeah. Yeah. When I closed yeah. my hand, it was, when I would open it, I could hear it snap, the bones, like the knuckles.
0: And it was that sore. It was on I don't know if it was arthritis or what. I never had gone to a doctor. But when you was preaching that message about the hand that got healed, all at one yes time. I remember that I, I looked over it, you so you kept doing that with your hand yes, opening and closing opening and, open and closing yeah. it's fine that's that's it. It. Yeah. And, uh, it and it's <laughs> been beautiful ever since that's, that's it yeah. oh, praise God <laughs> praise <laughs> God amen I can eat my hot dog and open that's and close with it. no problem <laughs> well, you can't get no better than that that's you don't it. drop the hot dog yeah, that's it praise that's God it. that's, that's, that's it. it
1: praise God I'm going to ask you the next question um, Billy if someone was seeking healing or deliverance what would you advise them
0: I would advise them to, uh, number one, uh, cultivate a prayer life. You know, if uh, you don't have to pray 24 hours. Right. Uh, um, if you can, I guess that would be great. But And I say cultivate. I'm not saying I have a tremendous prayer life. But if we fast and we pray and we seek God and get into God's word, uh, God's more likely, we're, we're more in tune with God Because right. yeah. it's only being in tune with God When God says speak this or do that God's going to move and do it But we have to be in tune with him To tell us to seek it Or we don't. if we don't hear his voice that's How right. do we know what he wants us to do that's right. So the best way to hear God's voice In, in miracles and different things You know I, I've had situations In the past where I've Had to do a demonic activity as well mm-hmm. right. And And in doing so, I've always spoke. You know, I, I, I don't want to get too much in detail because that. Right. It, right. It, it might reveal a situation with somebody. Right. But right. I, I guess just to say that uh, if we're in tune with God and we hear his voice, and the way to be in tune with God naturally, how would it be, is this to seek him. Right. You know. Yes. And, and, and if we seek him in his word. We seek him in prayer. We, we skip a meal. To be more uh, denying the flesh. As we deny the flesh, we get more stronger in the spirit. Amen. And if it ain't in the spirit, it ain't going to get done. That's right. It can only get done by the spirit of God. That's right. it's Amen. It's nothing we do. So we have to cultivate that spirit and and, and, and nurture it along. You know. Yeah. And uh, and Amen. and seek God if God wants us for deliverances or healings. of if God, if God ain't limited to one thing, He can heal, deliver, and save. Right. So Amen. all that Amen. comes is by seeking a relationship, a, a right. better relationship with God. You know, I always have told my wife, Opega, I said, you know, I believe. This is my own personal belief. I can be wrong on it. I said, I, I believe that in a a a, a, a spectacular thing, like unheard of thing. For somebody to pray and, and see blinded eyes open or see the dead race.
1: Right. Amen.
0: Uh, uh, Reinhard Bunk, done it for years. Mm-hmm. He's passed on. Uh, we know all kinds of people that did it. Uh, Smith Wigglesworth did it, you know, Amen. Uh, 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 Oral Roberts. Amen. But the thing of it, it is, I said, we look in the Bible and we wonder, we see the Apostle Paul and Elijah and all these men. But I said, they dedicated their life to yeah. the Lord and they spent hours in prayer and seeking them. And I said, that's where it came from. Right. And I said, we go about our day and we pray for five minutes and we think we're going to have the power of Elijah or Paul and it's not going to happen.
1: That's right, man.
0: You so know, we'll the, more the, in, the more time we put in the more.
1: month and yeah, you're yeah, good. Yeah, yeah.
0: You know, it, so what I meant by that, I don't mean any spectacular. I maybe used the wrong word or it, it, it's a spectacular thing, but it's he uses everyday people, yes, just man. people that's willing to be committed to him. Yes. You know, look at Paul. Paul was a, a, a blasphemer, a murderer, and everything. Why would he use him? Because he was sold out to the Lord. That's it. And once we sell out, you know, make ourselves available, the, he'll move. Amen.
1: Well, with that said, Billy, is there anything you'd like to add before we wrap this up?
0: No, I'm just, uh, I would just say that, you know, there's ups and downs to everything, and, and you know if you i had a person years ago asked me when i was only saved a while and i was on excited about the lord and they you know said to me you know you're quite excited they said you let me ask you a question what are you going to do what would you do if when you died you was able to find out that there was no god you found that out once you was dead and you've serve God. You're giving your tithe to the church and you're doing all these things. You're not, you won't go to a dance. You won't drink. You won't gamble. You won't do none of this. I said, well, if I find all that out and, and I die and I find out there is no God, I said, only thing I can say is I don't gamble no more. So I'm not losing all my money. Because I lost a lot of money gambling. I wasn't a good gambler. Mm-hmm. I said, I don't drink no more. Mm-hmm. So me and her ain't killing one another. Mm-hmm. I'm not waking up with hangovers or maybe wrecking the car. I don't, I'm don't. i not trying to chore a rowdy off of somebody or do something. So I'm probably not going to go to jail in that area. So I said, even if I find out that there's no God, I still have better benefits living the life I'm living. <laughs> Right. I that's said, right. "What are you going to do when you die and find out there is a God?"
1: That's right. That's right. Right back at no. you, huh?
0: Amen. Yes. So that
1: was good, that's Billy. It. That's it. That's good. Well, Billy.
0: We just, you know, we just got a. We're a win-win situation. That's it. By Amen. serving God, that's Amen. that's what I'd say. You know, your life's better. Your relationships with your families is better, and you're probably more healthier.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Hallelujah.
1: Well, Billy, we love you. We appreciate you taking this time out because I know you're busy. And I can't explain how much we enjoyed this. And I really feel like it's going to bless a ton of people when they hear it. Amen.
0: Well, I thank you for the opportunity. I did take it lightly. I appreciate it.
1: Keep our ministry in prayer. Thank you, Billy. All right.
0: I'll see you in a couple weeks. All right. I'll be long. To it. Well, that's our podcast for this week. We hope you enjoyed it and was encouraged. Please follow us on Spotify for new episodes every week. If you download the Spotify app, which is free, it makes it much easier to find us. We'll be posting the link each week on Facebook and Instagram. Thank you for listening. May the Lord bless you and keep you and may you grow in his word and spirit. God bless.